I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. This week's guest is Allison. She has celiac disease. Let's talk about it. Actually, yeah, you know what? That's the know. sick mic. Like, yeah. it's all sick people that, that you know use what? that we've one. We've never so. really actually taken that into consideration. We never, we never have. I don't think we've ever oh, really. God, had. don't tell her that. I'm just saying we've never really had any like infectious <laughs> no, people we on the podcast. No, yeah. except for uh, earlier today, we had that guy with uh, right. the. Oh right, yeah, right, right, yeah, right. yeah. Like very soon today, we didn't have time to clean up. But now you're here, so we'll get <laughs> awesome. right to it. And he said something about like close proximity. And, yeah, there's and, you know. definitely something about like very easily picked up through. Well, we air. did take those hazards. Matt suits off afterwards. <laughs> uh, so, Allison, we, um, and I don't think we'll, we'll have this on the recording, but we were just kind of talking about uh, the current climate in the world and certain things that uh, people feel or people think. And I think that's uh, a kind of a good segue into what you're dealing with because um, one thing that I know is kind of a huge fad right now is the gluten-free diet or gluten sensitivity, as a lot of people think that they have. Which, personally, I don't think as many people have gluten sensitivity as people think they do. Um, I would agree with that. Yeah. 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 But you really do have a gluten sensitivity, don't you? Or probably more than a sensitivity. Yeah, I think what people don't really understand is that celiac is actually an autoimmune disease. So in the last year, I now have more issues because I have an autoimmune disease. It's not actually a wow. gluten sensitivity or an allergy. Um, it's basically my body like fighting against itself. So that's that kind sounds of the, much more severe. It is, yeah. And actually, the cure for it is a gluten free aller or a gluten free. Um, diet. And so I think that's kind of where people don't really understand the difference. Um, and there's honestly, like, I was pretty pumped to come on this show to dispel some of the myths because yeah. I live in Vancouver. Like, everyone here has a gluten sensitivity. Yeah. They all eat quinoa and kale. Like, I'm sure you guys know that. Yeah. <laughs> I eat quinoa and kale all the time now. Um, but it is really frustrating. Like, I just came from being at a restaurant and I'm terrified every single time I'm going to eat food right. because everyone here is gluten sensitive um, but they still drink beer and they don't have to worry about cross contamination and all yeah. this sort can, of stuff. can we can we side note Please that, do. that, that yeah. we that we were at the liquor store we we picked up some beer for the recording um, and we were like, oh, we should get her a gluten-free beer. <laughs> and, uh, and, and all the beers that were that labeled gluten-free were all in six-packs and on the rack, so they weren't cold, they were in the fridge. Yeah. And the only one, and, and we made our decision based on listening to Joe Rogan's podcast with Jesse Ventura last week where they were talking about how all Corona is made with corn from Minnesota and it's gluten-free. And then we then and we also, we didn't just take that. We then went to Google and said, is Corona gluten-free? And it said, there well, are... Well, I can say what it said. It said, according yeah. to the test done by the Argentine... Uh, Coelia. Some I, I mean, totally non... Is it, yeah. it, it yeah. S-C-O... 
C-O-E-L? Depending on the country that you're they, in. They, yes. Okay, so okay. So uh, the, the Argentinian one. The Artigi- <laughs> Argentinian uh, Celiac Association, so the A-C-E-L-A, and the Swedish National Food Agency, Corona beer contains less than 20 ppm, making it legally gluten-free. This is probably due to the fact that Corona... Uh, like most pale lagers, contains rice and or corn in, in addition to malted barley. Well, so, so we were like, yeah, let's do it. We I were, think the <laughs> issue there is that you have you have the Swedish organization trying to communicate with the Argentinian organization, which right. just makes it really difficult to do a, a study. Language barrier. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, clearly, exactly. it's clearly the communication was not yeah. was not <laughs> yeah. clear. Right. Uh, but then, as we were about to as we were buying it, Allison, uh, we were talking. One of the guys comes over that works there, and he was like, "Can I can I help you guys?" And we're like, "Yeah, well, we're looking for a gluten free beer because." Uh, uh, we've got we've got we're recording a podcast and she's a celiac and so we want to make sure that we can. She's off- a celiac. I've never heard that before. Yeah. She or she is celiac. What's the she? She's mm, a celiac. I've been called lots of things. You can say a celiac or she is celiac. Her name yeah. is Allison. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> she's a lady. Yeah. and so and so he the guy goes. Well, did you know that Corona was uh, voted as one of the top twenty worst beers of all time? And I was like. <laughs> But gluten well, free, it's gluten so free. <laughs> yeah, so it must be good. <laughs> anyway, but uh, yeah. but it, have you ever had Corona or? No, I haven't. So if you you're, want you're a little wary, and and I yeah. understand. I totally understand. We can try it, and then right. you guys can see if I get the violent no, reaction. No, I don't want to do <laughs> that. No, I was going to say that might be good content. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it, it is honestly like the first probably almost decade of being diagnosed. Like, I was diagnosed when celiac wasn't cool back in Fredericton, New Brunswick, where no one knew what the hell oh, celiac you're from was. Yes, oh, yes, sweet. Congratulations. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, people forget about that province, but... They I do. <laughs> um, and yeah, like, I mean, I had no idea what gluten was, and I definitely tried lots of things. Like, I remember going through the withdrawal of gluten and then one night being out drinking and being like, I'm going to eat some pizza. That's oh. an awesome idea. Um, and then projectile vomited everywhere. So oh, no. it's one of those Holy things shit, where like, that's, that's serious. If you got me like a decade ago, I'd be like, yeah, let's try it. They say it's gluten free. I'll totally try it. But right. I've had too many like massively severe reactions. Yeah, like, like trial and error. <laughs> you're an adult now and you're like, it's not fucking worth it. Who <laughs> no, exactly. You, you mentioned, yeah. uh, uh, the difference kind of with gluten sensitivity versus celiacs is that um or or one of the things you have to be more concerned about in a restaurant is cross contamination yeah. so is it like that that sensitive i guess um that yeah. if if something has touched a shelf or well maybe just plate to build on or whatever that, like 20 parts per million is is less than 20 parts per million small. is what is in corona so if you were, I mean, dude, twenty parts per million—that's that's not very much. So, what is? Yeah. If do you know what the number is on parts per million? No, you just no. know that twenty parts per million isn't cool. Well, it actually you does, said that when well, you came in. Yeah. So basically, what's happened is like regular, like regulators have kind of got onto this, and you're seeing companies like General Mills—they have gluten-free Cheerios and whatever—but then they recall them because they're like, "Whoops, had gluten in there." Right. Um, and the the <laughs> whole concept of like testing the twenty parts per million—they don't test every single bottle that comes out. Mm, so right. with some, 
you know, I think like the medical community has said anything that's less than 20 parts per million is good for a celiac. But celiacs actually all um, have different reactions. So I happen to be like really severe. Oh, okay. But then one of my best friends is also celiac. I think we all just hang out together. Of course. <laughs> um, and she can tolerate a little bit. So she'd be perfectly fine having that. Like our friends who make their own alcohol, that definitely it's been made mm. with some kind of grain. She's okay to try that, and I'm terrified. Do all grains have? Is all? Or do all grains have gluten? Is that just like a? No. Okay. Did you um, see that? Uh, well, that I guess video quinoa from, is a grain, and it doesn't. Yeah, have. gluten's actually a protein in wheat, so it's what makes the wheat sticky. Right. Like right. you know when you put water and and flour together, and it kind of gets like all sticky, like papier yeah. uh, mm, paper pap- mache. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say it in French. Hey, all of our American listeners are like papier mache. <laughs> what the fuck is that? What are you talking about? Um, that's basically gluten. Okay. I, I love that you just said that because one of my favorite movie scenes is in uh, This Is the End when he when he's like, Yeah, I'm not eating I'm not eating gluten right now. And he's like, <laughs> Yes. What the fuck is a gluten? He's like, uh, uh calories, those are gluten. I think it's, Everything. I think it's just anything that's bad for you. Uh, <laughs> well, I was gonna say I'm like, what is a gluten? Like, <laughs> gluten. Yeah, well did you now see I know. The, did you see the Jimmy Kimmel uh, video where they send the guy like the man on the street interview and he goes out and yeah, yeah. they say yeah. like what is gluten? And People give their answers, and it's really it's community. Like what are some of the people are like? Oh, it's a it's a uh, uh, it's it bread. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) bread is gluten. gluten. Anything that's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, coming back to something you said there, you you said you know you're talking to you uh, talking about you and your friend, and you mentioned how you are uh, a very severe case of of celiac, and I'm wondering what like how that presents itself in your body. So. Um, really, you want to know that? Uh, yeah, I want to get. Let's get into <laughs> uh, the, to oh, the yeah. gritty, gritty details. Gritty, um, uh, So, like, what does that mean to like severe? Like, what would say I had a, a really delicious loaf of bread uh, shipped in from France? Uh, charged you ninety dollars. Charged me ninety dollars for it. For it. it was, uh, I heard there was a restaurant in Vancouver that was doing that. And I was like, Jesus Christ, guys! Yeah. Um, but uh, and and uh, yeah, well, uh, and fed you some of that bread. And like, what would happen? Like, what? Come <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> imagine you phrasing it like I just fed you some of this. Yeah. Like you were just, like you were just bread. like okay, my mouth is open, and Jeremy's like okay, and like just like cutting it and feeding it to you. No, if that's you, like, that's like a horror movie. For yeah, me. yeah, totally. So, how, what would that look like? Like, how would that how would that present itself? Yeah. So, what's kind of interesting is like celiac sort of has a couple different parts, is what I've come to the conclusion of. And there's definitely the part of like getting exposed to gluten after you've gone on a gluten free diet, and that's where I'm totally at in life. If you were to feed me bread right now, within three hours, that's pretty much like what happens to me. I start to projectile vomit until you can get enough gravel in my body. To pass me out. Wow, it's like that quickly. Yeah. Well, actually, I think three hours is a good lag time because that means I can get home from wherever I am. I mean, when Mm -hmm. I think of like uh, me having uh, uh, food poisoning, that shit's like thirty minutes or less. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And before I'm out both ends. We'll we'll continue with with your thought there, but you uh, you were saying now that you are on a now that you've been on a gluten free diet. Um, before you like really were on that gluten free diet, it, it, is it a little more lax? Like, is it a little more? 
Yeah, so I only got diagnosed with celiac when I was in high school, kind of like grade 11-ish, which is the best time to get diagnosed with something like this. Um, I had pretty much dealt with it my whole life, and celiac kind of presents itself differently for kids, and like you end up being like this kid that lashes out, or you're like you're a kid that doesn't gain a lot of weight. Um, There's all these different kind of That doesn't gain a lot of weight? Yeah, so basically celiac. Or lashes out, and also the lashes out part, like mm -hmm. why? Well, they're like the reason Research isn't like totally conclusive on a lot of this stuff, and I'm sure there's someone that's going to write on your website to be like, actually, it is, and yeah, tell cool. you what it is. But um, basically, what happens is in your intestine, you have these things called villi, and they're like little fingers. Um, when a celiac eats gluten, it kills these villi, and what the villi do is they oh, absorb like protein, carbohydrates, all the nutrients that you mm-hmm. get in food. So mm-hmm. when you're a kid you don't gain weight, obviously, because you're not absorbing anything. You're lashing out because you're, like, sick and not feeling good, and you don't really know why. Um, You know, celiac has been associated with lots of, like, depression and mental health and and those kinds of issues, too. Yeah. See, these are things that are amazing to hear, because, like, who, did you guys know I, that? I had no fucking no, idea. Fuck no. Yeah, but I, but I have heard like uh, that, and, and I don't know if this is related at all. This is like some complete bro science, but uh, I heard that uh, a lot of our mental health actually comes from some of the the oh, bacteria wow. in our gut, and like yeah. and that plays a, a, a vital role in in how we feel day to day mentally. And so, also something Joe Rogan was just talking. Yeah, about yeah, those, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, so that's interesting that that those two things are kind of related, like in yeah. terms of how that what's going on in the gut and gluten uh, intolerance and mental health. So how was it in in grade eleven? Like, what caused you to want to go and find out that something was going wrong? Yeah, so I had been like on and off sick for a really long time. Basically, like my stomach just hurt all the time, mm-hmm. um, and went to my doctor. And my doctor, like at that time, GPs knew nothing really about anything stomach related. My cousin had had Crohn's disease, mm-hmm. which is like a nasty one. Um, yep. And celiac isn't in the family of it, but sometimes people group it all into the same family of Crohn's and colitis. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I ended up going to see this nutritionist because my doctor was like, "Get on a high fiber diet. That's going to help you." Oh no! Um, high fiber? No, isn't there like the actually the opposite? Oh yeah, that's bad. Is <laughs> yeah. like is foods with lots of fiber like pretty much brand? like gluten filled as well? <laughs> no, yeah. you can get like lots of gluten free fiber now, but it was like at the time. Think back, like it was Raisin like the brand flakes yeah, and the brand right. everything, yeah, right? Right. Um, so then my my dietitian was like, you know, I think you probably need to get tested for celiac. At that time, it was a blood test, and oftentimes the blood test comes back negative, even though you have celiac. So then mm-hmm. they often will get you to also go and do this. Um, it's basically a scope down your throat, and it goes to look into your small intestine. Sounds fun. Take a biopsy. Yeah. They they put you out usually, but oh, that's oh, good. What do they take yeah. a biopsy of? Your intestine, like oh, a little okay. piece in your small intestine, oh, oh. and they test it, and then they can tell whether or not you have. Celiac. Do they do that with a needle? Because like we over the past few days, we've had a lot of guests that are like, "Oh, I had a biopsy done," and we're like, "What was the needle like?" <laughs> yeah, we we actually just had someone who had a liver biopsy, and we yes. watched a video of what that looks like, and it was needle that big. Yeah, absolutely grotesque. Um, did they do the biopsy <laughs> through the scope, like yeah. like through? Okay, oh, okay. Like, so they don't yeah. have to like go, like no. go through. Yeah, the belly. You, no. usually when you have a scope done, then they do the biopsy at that. point. Point because yeah. it's just they're already in there. That's right? pretty cool. They can link up the two. Like oh, yeah. uh, yeah, it's yeah. got a camera and a little knife. Yeah, a yeah. little like mm. prick knife thing. Yeah. 
But cool. to answer your question, because I don't think I have yet. <laughs> no, I know um, about how like severe, <laughs> yeah. uh, how severe is severe. Yes. Uh, when I like when I was first diagnosed, I could eat gluten all the time and it was fine. Um, and even when I cool. was told go on a gluten free diet, I was like, okay, I'll go on a gluten free light diet, you know. And I started eating gluten free to the best of my knowledge. I had no idea about cross contamination, any of these things. I was just like, sweet, it says gluten free. I guess I'll eat that. Um, <laughs> and then after time, my body got used to not eating gluten, and then my reaction got way more severe. Oh, okay. And that's where like the projectile oh, vomiting <clears throat> craziness comes from. So is it just the vomit? Or is it? Uh, it's. Uh, I, is it but there's more. more. There, there's there's more. There's some like. Yeah. yeah. I, well, I am curious to know. I present and differently you, than some celiacs if, who definitely go yeah, to the other side. I, I mean, if you don't want to get into it, like we don't Let's we, do we, we don't have That's to. Fine. But I, I am like I am really curious because I the I. I didn't even know that vomiting was a part of of celiac disease. Yeah. I actually don't know anything about celiac disease. Like I. It's, it's pretty much of, the gluten it's, it's thing. That's, it. that's the nothing. that's well. I I know nothing generally. Period. So <laughs> yeah. this is like it, it's always a learning experience for me. Um, I but doubt it, that. Is there any? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I know a couple things. Uh, uh, is is there like so? Okay, you vomit. Is there anything in terms of? Because um, the way that I look at it is like it seems like it's it's an allergic reaction, right? Like is that sort kind of. of what's happening, or or that's that's kind of what I, I well, it, it, it sounds doesn't sound like, like a, that to me when you talk about the proteins and not yeah. absorbing. It's I mean an right. allergy, yeah. is, an allergy is yeah, right. You're producing uh, a lot of histamines when yeah. something enters your body. Is that what this, an allergy is all the time? Like it, histamines are always involved? That's what I think. So. I, I, think I don't know. I think that's why you take antihistamines when yeah. you get an allergy and that's why you take Benadryl. Yeah, anyway, the, the reason why I said that was because I, I sit here and I hear like, oh, they have celiac disease and part of me just like for some weird reason just goes, just assumes like, Oh, well, I wonder if there there must be like some sort of skin reaction or like some sort of but there's there's nothing that presents itself like there are for redness. some celiacs yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. and I can't remember the term right now but it's CD um, is the two initials and yes some people some celiacs do get like skin rashes and that kind of stuff crappy I, dermatology is that yeah, <laughs> you can look at yeah, it that way okay, yeah. Yeah, um, but that doesn't present in you no. Okay. No, for me, it very much is like that violent kind of reaction. But that's like the first of many reactions of what happens. Like again, like I was saying, right? Like when you eat gluten and you're a celiac, your system is basically like starting to attack itself. Yeah, it's just like what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. So it's like get this out of me, which is the throwing right. up. Um, and then after that, like after I wake up from being passed out with gravel. Um, and hopefully I get passed out with gravel. Then I'm like really foggy, like brain fog for about a week. And a week, a week. Oh my god! Pretty severe for a couple days, and then yeah, and it and and then my body just doesn't function properly. Like my intestines aren't functioning properly. Like. Yeah. yeah. How do people feel about that like socially if you I mean mm-hmm. let's say let's say let's say you go to work on Monday and on Monday morning you eat something at a at a place and it has cross contamination and you eat like, some Satan. <clears throat> yeah. And, just pure gluten. Is Satan on a gluten? It's wheat gluten. Oh, That's what it was that is. Satan. I like that. That is wheat hell on you. <laughs> um, so so you have that and then I because I, I feel like this this idea of like being a celiac or being gluten free in this, you know, 
really specific time in a, in history mm-hmm. is this like really topical, almost like it's like your choice, and it's not it's not something that you need to do; it's something that you chose to do. And I think that's a really common misconception. So you get sick in the morning and you go to work, and then you're like, "Holy fuck." The- I gotta not be here, and you take gravel and you pass out, and you have this head fog. Like, how is yeah. how is your social experience with that? Yeah, it's interesting that you say social experience because that's like a whole bucket of conversation that we could talk about. Fantastic, um, let's do it. Because <laughs> going from okay, even like taking a step back and talking sure. about being in that restaurant, let's say it's at lunch with my colleagues, and for starters, they're like, "Oh, you have celiac? What's that all about?" So then you spend twenty five minutes explaining celiac <laughs> right. disease to them. Which is fine. Like, I'm really happy to talk about it and mm-hmm. dispel the myths of like celiac versus gluten intolerance because yeah. it's not a choice. It's, it, well, it's probably really annoying because there's probably people who like pretend to or not pretend, but like kind of relate to it. And they're like, oh, yeah, I have a gluten and sensitivity or something like, like that. I just too. stopped and eating like, gluten and I just felt My better. wife has a gluten sensitivity and she tries to avoid it as much as possible, but doesn't really all the time and doesn't yeah. really get that sick anyway. Yeah, exactly. So what ends up happening is I typically get that response and from servers or whatever. And then I get terrified that my food is going to have some kind of gluten in it. So I have like majoring. I'm like, I have anxiety and I'm a a control freak around food now because of this. Right. And, you know, with everyone being like, oh, yeah, like it's gluten free. My cousin eats it and she is gluten intolerant. And so you're like, oh, get fucked. Like, mm. You don't get it. Yeah. yeah. You're like, I need yeah. a higher standard. Yeah. I used to, um, exactly. I used to know this guy with a, a really severe peanut allergy. And when I would go to a, a restaurant with him for lunch, he would go into the kitchen in the back no way. and like talk to the chef and be like, there has been no nuts die. on this, or like, yeah, because he was like, he was like, I guess you would be too yeah. gluten, right? Like that level of, well, of I intensity. Mean, I mean, that's a sliding scale with peanuts, and like some people are like, oh, like I'll swell up, and some people are like, I, I will, will die. fucking die. Yeah. Is there is there a way? Is there could you die? Could you die from like eating one no. thing? No, it's not. What like, could happen, um, and what does happen with a lot of people? Like I'm actually. Oddly enough, like my severe reaction is kind of a good thing because it means that I don't cheat. Mm. It means that I don't mm. have any desire to eat gluten because yeah. I get so sick. But with some people who can cheat, and I know a lot of celiacs that are like this, they're like, whatever, I don't have any kind of, you know, I'm not getting sick right now. What can end up happening is over time, like they get stomach cancer or they get Ooh, all these oh, other, wow. yeah, Jesus. yeah, yeah. They get like all of these other complications. That doesn't like, sound fun. There's more research coming out now of women who um, are having trouble having kids who end up having celiac and after going on a gluten-free diet end up being able to have oh. kids or, or the in, infertility and celiac connection is like starting to be made a bit oh, more. Wow. Than Holy fuck. I think that this is like, Super cool because yeah, yeah. because yeah. I, like honestly because there's this I mean like, and I, back, I, like you, you don't mean the the fact that women can't have children and, no, I just uh, and cancer great. but you just yeah, yeah. I, I mean I mean that this is like this is just uh, amazingly eye opening because yeah. this is such a socially stigmatic a stigmatic word I'm with you it's a socially yeah. there we go it's a so, it's a heavily socially stigmatized thing where people again going back to thinking that it's a choice rather than a, a necessity and I mean fuck I never knew that there was that type of repercussion if you like consistently go against what you need to yeah. do but but that's probably what brings a lot of anxiety to you because you get these like cooks or waiters and and they're like oh well, like whatever i mean a if, little bit if, won't if hurt yeah or like uh, if there was a little bit on this and a cross 
contaminated to this, then I'm sure she'll be fine, right? But it's not like that. Yeah, and and it does come to a de- like you know it's all like a degree, right? Like the small bits of cross contamination um, probably wouldn't. Well, I shouldn't say that. I I get pretty severely ill, but <coughs> eating like the smallest crumb, like I have my own toaster at home. We don't have gluten in our house, like you know all that kind of stuff. But versus eating like a massive piece of pizza, like that mm. might actually put me in the hospital. Now. Yeah, right. right. So and, and, when, yeah. and when you say cross contamination, like that includes things that. That like may like in quotations here for people can't see may include like may have a gluten um, may contain gluten sorry that yeah. was the word I was looking for yeah uh, like it's all processed on the same conveyor belt so like, just may, yeah. gluten, gluten may have kind of fell yeah. in like there. you come to my you you come you stay at my apartment and you yeah. put your spelt bread in my toaster spelt is not gluten free what <laughs> okay <laughs> this is this is a perfect segue because I just are you serious y- yeah. yeah listen I, sourdough rye I, I, what is hold on <laughs> I just googled this because I was I'm actually okay. really curious to know what like you know you're sitting, sitting here talking about how how you have severe um, um, celiac disease and there's all these things that you cannot intake because it will truly just fuck you up And in my mind, I'm going, well, how hard is that? Like, it's got to be hard. It's got to be really hard because there's there's probably a ton of things that you cannot mess with in your day to day life. I'm gonna I'm gonna list off right now common foods. All right, this isn't even like all of them. This is just common foods that contain (laughs) gluten. Okay. What's your reference? Uh, My reference is uh, WebMD. WebMD. It's a Joy Joy Bauer celiac foods to avoid list. Common foods that contain gluten. Who knows what that is? But I'm sure all these things have gluten in them. So this is saying... <laughs> yo, sure. He's like sure. the least 100%, 100%. This is saying don't he's eat this 100, He's 100%. I mean, the yeah. website's saying don't eat it if you're celiac. I'm not going to believe it. Okay, Donald Trump. Here we go. I got the best words. Barley. Anything with the word barley in it, such as barley yes, malt. Beer. That's true. Bleached flour. Blue cheese. Sometimes made with bread mold. Never knew that. Yeah. Bread flour. Uh, I don't know what bulgur is. Cake flour. Uh, I don't know what communion. Oh, communion wafers. Jeez, you can't even. You can't even praise the Lord. God can't, damn it! No, I can't actually. Can't yeah, take the body no. of Christ. And body if you of Christ were like really gluten-free. Christian, you can actually get gluten free wafers. Get and then the out. That is so perfect. Them for you. Oh, that is great. I don't really um, go to church anymore, but well, if any if of you your did. listeners do, <laughs> cracker meal, uh, croutons, couscous. Um, I'm going to skip over the things I've never heard of before, uh, like farina and farro, uh, graham flour, grouts, uh, kamut, malt, malt beverages, uh, matzo, orzo, pasta, all varieties made with wheat, wheat starch, barley, rye, or any ingredient on this list. Rye, anything with the word rye in it. Uh, seitan, obviously. Soy sauce, uh, check the ingredients, some contain wheat. Spelt on the list. Uh, tabbouleh, uh, teriyaki sauce, uh, Damn. Vital gluten, wheat, and anything with the word wheat in it, such as wheat grass, wheat berries, wheat germ, wheat starch, wheat bran, and wheat flour. Buckwheat is okay and is the only exception. <laughs> and then and then it goes down to foods and, and food additives that may contain gluten, and that list just goes on for fucking ever. So what's with the spelt? Why do they always say that spelt is a gluten-free it's wheat thing? It's wheat-free. It's not gluten-free. Uh-huh. Why the... But, oh, fuck, why so you're, you're wheat-intolerant folks. And again, like a lot of people... 
I don't want to tell people that they shouldn't be gluten intolerant, but it is really different. And it, that's a food choice like me saying I'm lactose intolerant or I don't like dairy or I don't eat nightshade vegetables, like whatever it might be, um, which are all very like valid things that, that people sure. choose. Yeah. Um, so that's why you can have spelt. And, and some, that's why you can have cross-contamination. And some things. people can just go... I feel better when I don't eat gluten. For sure, There's tons which of is valid, which is totally valid. But it's but don't act like you're a celiac. Yeah, and right. and you know what? Like there is a lot of discussion, and I'm sure you can Google this one too. With the amount of like nutritionists and naturopaths that have come out to say that like gluten's terrible for us. Um, what yeah, we just do like dairy, with our you know, it's the same thing with dairy. dairy. It's sugar, like we shouldn't like be eating can, dairy. Yeah. yeah, there's like a long list of things. Mm-hmm. I read this re- this really interesting thing one day. It was with a friend of mine who is a nutritionist. Uh, is Maria McInerney a nutritionist? A nutritionist, or is she a dietitian? Anyway, if she's a dietitian. She's not going to be happy that you called her a nutritionist. Yeah. If, anyway, yeah. sorry, sorry, yeah. Maria. You, she's doing her master's in something. You're probably so. listening. Probably I know that. Dietetics. I know that you're really good. <laughs> I know that you're really good at going to school, and I applaud you for that. Uh, <laughs> really. good. Good at going to school. So whatever the smartest anyway. title you could have is, then yeah, that we'll go with that one. Have. And there's probably like a Ph and and or a D somewhere in there. Okay, carry uh, on. And she she posted this picture and it said it said gluten free. Uh, it said something like cocaine, gasoline, and like listed off a, a handful of things that are also gluten free. And it was like, yeah. you know, don't let a buzzword, you know. Determine your determine your existence. Yeah, like meth that. was on that something list. Like, I've yeah, seen yeah, that yeah. too. It was yeah. something like that. And it was basically like, yo, like if you're walking around thinking that you are making like the healthiest choices of your life because you're not eating gluten, think again because that's really just not the case. Well, here's the thing, and uh, I say we, I like, like we can let's just move past this, but sure. but <laughs> I think yeah. that when it comes to anything like that, dairy, gluten, alcohol, uh, drugs. Um, it's all in moderation. If you are not dealing with something that that your body severely rejects, it right, like yeah. it's all in moderation. If yeah, sure. If you're just drinking fucking gallons of milk every day, that shit is not going to be good for you. Yeah. As just the same as if you're going to just be pounding bread into you, that's not going to be good for you. But all moderation. It's so totally to okay. get off the topic. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Wow. What is? Uh, Wait, uh, can I? Can I? Because I, I do. Like itching to talk. Right? Yeah, I've been. I've been trying. I've been patiently trying not to interrupt for a while, but I really want to come back to because we were talking about this the social construct and how and how people react to um, your situation. So we were in the restaurant. That's right. And you were talking about the the food prep, the anxiety surrounding oh, yeah. that. So. Can we come back to that? Because sure. I know that there's like an entire, there's not just the restaurant, there's telling your work, there's going home, there's being around people trying to take time off, I'm sure, based on this. So Imagine dating yeah. when you're celiac. Yeah. 
I mean, I, Tell like, us about it. I'm engaged. Yeah. Like, clearly it works. But, um, like, having my partner brush their teeth and not eat gluten when they're with me. And I know people that have peanut allergies, like, have a similar kind of situation, too. Yeah, wait, before wait, you wait, kiss wait, someone, wait, wait, you have to... Yeah, whoa, whoa. Beer. That, that, explain that yeah. to me. What do you mean? Like, he can't... If he brushes... How does that work? If he brushes his teeth... Well, think of, like, and he food ate some particles. Bread. And, right. and gluten and stuff. Like, because if your tooth, like, you mean if your toothbrushes touch? <laughs> I, no, I, I think she, no, she means like, kissing. Think she means if tongue, if like, gluten oh, in someone's oh, mouth. Yeah, of and then course. You, when you kiss, right. <laughs> it's, not it's, it's that sensitive. <laughs> I think the why I said that is because I've been using my wife's toothbrush, like, yeah. every once in a while. And she's like, will you stop fucking using my toothbrush? I'm like, ah, no, I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah. yes, now I get it. You, it is you that must sensitive? brush your teeth before you make out. Or well, it can be? Can it? I don't know. Like, that's where the anxiety piece comes right. in, for sure. Like, for right. someone like okay. me who gets so sick, I've become, like, hyper-vigilant about everything. Right. So, so it, then you know. let me let me play devil's advocate a bit then. It, <laughs> sure. Like, it, Good luck. <laughs> are, you, but are, you, are you sure, though? Can you be sure of that? Like, have you, for instance, kissed well, no, your partner or somebody sure. else? And, she's anxious. Yeah, no, but is that... Okay, I mean, we, we we talked about it with the beer, right? It's like, I didn't it, ask you guys the questions. I was I was I know, asking her. But is it worth? Is it worth it? Right? Like, is it worth trying this Corona? Just, yeah, and just okay. Let's, so let's say, like Brian, who's my fiance, um, has a beer. I'm not though, but then, that's nice. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thanks. That's really funny. <laughs> um, different Brian uh, is, you know, having a beer or something. Like I. I wouldn't be like, go brush your teeth. But I do that sometimes if, like, you know, he's eating, like, a sandwich and beer and, like, a ton of pasta or something because it... Does he just love... Like, is he a gluten freak? Does he just no, love gluten? he pretty much eats, like, gluten-free now because I do yeah. most of the cooking. But, you know, if you think you're out at a restaurant and yeah. stuff and there's, like, lots going around... Yeah, absolutely. He probably, he probably loves going to restaurants because then he can order something different <laughs> and just get something that's not oh, gluten-free. don't say yeah. that, Brian. Um, but, but seriously, have has anybody ever told you that... that that could be like a doctor has told you that that could mm. be a possibility, or you've heard it from somebody else, or or it's just your own anxiety about it, or or worry that something like that might happen. I think it's kind of a bit of both. I mean, usually, what like if you kind of do some research and like physicians, honestly, aren't the best people to be telling you what to do around celiac because it's like I basically was learning with my GP and educating him on celiac. Um, but I think a really good GP can definitely help you through it. They is often that say because it's new. Yeah, like it's it, it's an it's totally new. I mean, new right. in like the last people who had celiac disease prior to me having celiac, like you know, twenty some years ago. I think really were challenged with celiac. Like thirty right. plus years ago, there weren't gluten free breads available. Um, mm-hmm. Even when I was diagnosed, there was no gluten free. I remember. To buy. Yeah, I remember when that was just not a thing. You yeah. just didn't see it. Yeah. So you ate like you know my my mom basically was like, how do I deal with this kid with celiac? I'm going to go out and go to this one whole food store that we know of, like the kind of the healthy food store. And she got a like a five towns over, book. all the way over in Halifax. It's, <laughs> yeah, a, it's, exactly. a, it's like a five and a half hour drive to. Get no, to we the- we were lucky. We had one little tiny place in Fredericton. But I, you know, you eat a bunch of like protein and vegetables. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I decided to be vegetarian for a while. So that was a whole other foray. But, you know, this is kind of a new, it's a newly, it's a new disease for people yeah. to try to wrap their heads around. Yeah, well, I'm looking at it right now on on like the Canadian Celiac Association. And, and one of the, the first things that they say is that although statistics are not readily available, mm-hmm. 
it's estimated that one in 133 people in Canada are affected by it. But well, uh, that's actually it, quite. High. I thought it would be much more than that. One in 133. It's because so. I feel like oh, and maybe this goes back to the social, the social. Uh, I don't want to say stigma, but the, like the people that are going, I'm gluten intolerant versus I'm celiac. There's also a lot of people that aren't getting tested, so I yeah. would actually say that that yeah, number is higher. Because higher. do you think that there's probably a lot of people that are just like, you know what? I've I've noticed lately that every time I eat, I wake up and I eat toast, I get sick and mm. I hate it, so I just don't do it anymore. And, my, and they just uh, don't get tested. And my my point was is that. The, the, that's the first thing they say is that the statistics are not readily available, and yeah. oftentimes that's just kind of proof to show that. Well, we're still kind of working on this because this is a kind of a newer thing for us, you know. Um, yeah, so. and the, like honestly, the market um, wants more gluten-free products because that's good for the companies to create new gluten-free products. It's mm. not necessarily lucrative yet for a company to come up with a cure for celiac. So there is research being done around like finding a pill. Um, You can get digestive enzymes to help kind of break down gluten. That's great for people with gluten intolerance. doesn't really work for me. I actually, when I was first diagnosed, spent two years doing NATE, which stands for Nambudrapad's Allergy Elimination Technique. Because I was desperate. I was like, what is celiac? I don't want to have this. Mm. This totally sucks. And it's all about having these like energy vials in your hand and doing all this energy work to eliminate allergies. Like Sounds crystals? Very homeopathic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Did it work? Jeremy's, was it something Jeremy's that worked? not a fan it, of homeopathy. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not. I, I mean, full disclosure, I'm not. But I mean, yeah. did it work? Did it? Did it? Well, you get to a point of desperation, right? Yeah. So I was like, absolutely. I'm going to try anything. Yeah, sure. Um, and I had just started university and was basically sick every morning and like making it to half my classes. Like your first year of university, you want to be like going away and having fun. I was at home feeling sick. Yeah. I was sick. Yeah. I was sick every morning so. too, but. For it a was, different reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Full disclosure. Um, I, I, I just want to say that uh, just just to, to throw this out there to anybody who's listening this to this who is uh, who's who thinks that maybe they are celiac or you know maybe they do have like some severe gluten intolerance. Um, it looks like, and I don't know if you've been here before, but it looks like the Canadian Celiac Association uh, is a pretty solid resource for people who need to eat gluten free. Um, they have like everything about celiac disease. They've got gluten-free eating, uh, food labeling, cross-contamination. Like they just go through all of this stuff. Um, they even have recipes and stuff like that. So uh, check that out. If you feel like you need it, just go. And or if you feel like you want some more information, just go read that shit up. I just feel like um, I'm, that I'm I'm kind of feeling a little bit bummed because. <laughs> Because okay. of the because of the anxiety that you have around this, and are you going to try to cure her anxiety really right now, Brian? Yeah. Don't you? <laughs> well, I, I just want to. I guess we, I just want to know. That. So I I do want to unpack it a little bit Let's because I want to know like to what extent it it is or has affected your life. Because to make those decisions to be like oh, I've heard a little bit of information about this, but it's more so your I guess your. Anxiety about the issue that about, for example, kissing your husband after he's eaten something that has <laughs> make gluten it seem in, right? like we never kiss or anything. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I, I know, I, and I don't mean to make it seem that way, but I, I just wonder, like, what has, like, how is that? How have you arrived at this point? Like, what type of anxiety have you faced along the way, or experiences that that you face along the way that have led to this? 
Yeah, I think that's actually like a really interesting question and totally probably needs to be unpacked a little bit. Um, Because like I said, you know, having been diagnosed at the end of high school, like you're already dealing with the high school going to university kind of stuff. And then on top of it, it's like, so how do I live on my own and take care of this disease that I don't really understand that well that seems to just be a diet-related thing that, by the way, also means that my food is 10 times more expensive than normal people. Yeah, and oh, yeah. Ramen. yeah right. <laughs> um, so I think it kind of like, it, it really perpetuated itself over the, the amount of years that I've had celiac. You know, I'm 30 now, so it's been quite some time. Right. Um, even though it feels kind of like yesterday. I think things like, you know, doing that regular Euro trip that everyone wants to do when they're done university. And, and I mean, Europe's a terrible example. Maybe like more to the traveling to Central and South America or countries where you don't speak the language. So much of that stuff like hasn't, I've been kind of scared to do a lot of those things. I mean, I still travel now and like um, Brian speaks Spanish, so we travel down to Central America and I know a lot of things have corn based, but still like I live with anxiety every single day around the food that I eat Um, to the point where like I will bring protein powder and drink water Mm. and protein powder when I go places. Hell, I mean, if you're going into restaurants where it's like, where I I feel like if you just couldn't have... um, I mean, I don't know. Tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like the the cross contamination thing is is the thing yeah. that may that turns that from you know from from like moderate to like severe. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. you could go into a restaurant and they go, oh yeah, there's no gluten in this because it just doesn't have gluten in it. It's fucking not. It just does not contain it. But if it comes in contact with any slight microbe of gluten. You're, you could be potentially really, you know, in, in a lot of trouble. Yeah. That's like, I, man, I, I cannot imagine. I could not imagine what that would feel like. I, I think I better understand like your frustration, especially in dealing with like this gluten free trend. Yeah. Especially, like, yeah, especially because of the severity of, of, of how you deal with it. And, I don't know. It's it's like that. It's just coming back to the anxiety of it. I guess like that to me now that it makes it makes it easier to understand. And I guess it allows me to be more compassionate when people say like, "Oh, I'm I'm a celiac." Because my my friend was just recently uh, a guy that we had on the podcast was we, recently. We, you know, Slaney's totally bummed that we're interviewing uh, somebody. Yeah, celiac. I know. And well, now we'll, we'll have your him on friend though. got diagnosed. So with celiac. so well, he here's, got diagnosed with diabetes. Like Yikes. two years ago, yeah. and then and then followed that up like at very recently he got diagnosed. But we <laughs> we laugh at his expense because we were like he just ate like shit before he got he diabetes. Really did. He did, yeah. And then and then he got diabetes. He's like, well, I'm gonna have to change the way I eat. And so he started eating a lot healthier. And then and then they're like, oh, by the way, you you have celiac disease. And he's like, oh, son of a bitch. Celiac like, is like a gene that like you know it isn't something about your eating. It actually right. is like it's a gene that you have. So I can pass oh. it down to my kids. Um, and it's typically turned on by some kind of stress or major event that happens in your life. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Just think back to when he was in South America and shit just himself. Shit himself. He was so yeah. stressed. So stressed out. Yeah, yeah. That, was probably, that was probably the celiac. That just turned, going, I'm here. Well, that turned on diabetes. That's right. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. right. Fuck. That's right. Man. Oh wow. That's so. So it, is it a? It's a genetic disorder. It is. Yeah. Or, or I guess disease. It's celiac disease. Yeah. And actually, I was just in wow. Ireland in the summer, and there's like tons of gluten free stuff there, and so much knowledge around celiac because 
It's hmm. also like it's. Is it predominantly I, I, Irish? Not necessarily, um, but you kind of go to you know like England, Ireland. Like there's certain countries that tend to have more people who are celiac. Well, that's like cystic fibrosis, right? Interesting. Yeah. CF I did is, not know that. Uh, there's not a whole lot of uh, black people that have CF. Okay. Not a whole lot of Hispanic people or Asian people that have CF. Um, it's mostly a Caucasian disease. And mostly found within like the sort of European northern, yeah, region. northern yeah. European region. Quite you, colder regions tend to have. Yeah, that's right. Do you have yeah. Do you have Irish background or descent? I do. Are you yeah, from, yeah? A, a little bit Irish and French. I'm French Acadian, and my grandmother always says we ah. got a little Irish in us somewhere. May we? So. You, you look like <laughs> I think you, it's you have like an Irish kind of. We. I look Irish. Yeah, yeah, you kind of do. You have been to Ireland and seen like more redheaded people than me, though, right? Well, <laughs> I, was, I, I thought that was a Scottish thing. I lived in um, I lived in Dubai, and it was it's kind of like a melting pot of of people, and uh, there's lots of Irish people there, and there there are some redheaded Irish people, but yeah. more so redheaded Scottish yeah, I people. Thought that it was have really you been Scottish. Have you been to Northern Ireland? No, my mother-in-law lives up there. We okay. we we've I've gone once and we want to go again. But holy yeah. shit, it's beautiful. Do you do like I love Gaelic Ireland so much? Nice. Like yeah. Gaelic dancing or like things like <laughs> <No>. that. <laughs> it's actually <laughs> Brian's family. Are you a leprechaun? <laughs> yeah. Are you a leprechaun? <laughs> I mean, you do wear for Halloween. Green and yes, actually yeah, yeah? this nice. year. Sweet. Funny enough, this year yeah. that's where you're gonna go out. Is? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very nice, very yeah. nice. We we just had this conversation. Who? Where, where did we have that little conversation about how like? Just you know, Halloween and little conversation <laughs> when we talked to the little person Jim about what they were going to oh wear for my Halloween. God. That's a reach, Taylor. That's a reach. No, we literally did. We asked Jim and his son what they're going to wear for Halloween. Oh, we did. That's what you're <laughs> fucking thinking of. And he went that little conversation. I went, is that a joke about Jim's littleness? Yeah, that's what I was saying. I was talking about the cultural <laughs> conversation, like the idea of that. Uh, fucking never mind. <laughs> um, I, so I'm curious to know what is the what is the scariest moment. And maybe you kind of um, touched on it without going into the actual story of it, but is there like, do you recall like a um, a really scary moment that you've had with your experience of celiac disease? Um, I mean, other than like the crazy reaction that I get when I eat gluten now, I think for me it's still that there's like a lot of unknowns with celiac um, and that it does seem to be coupled with way more than just the one disease because it's autoimmune. Um, like I was recently diagnosed less than a year ago with interstitial cystitis, which is Ooh, another like kind that. of autoimmune what is that? like that bladder comes, inflammation, basically. It presents, it presents itself as a uh, bladder infection or you think that it would be a bladder infection, yeah. right? But they like it's kind of perpetuated, ongoing, and then again, it's like your bladder lining not there. So it, whoa, it whoa, whoa. it's this uh, like what's the name of this? Go, on, go to ichelp.org, I believe, and that will give you some information. Kyla actually had a, and the reason I know that is because Kyla mm, last fall had like a really, really uh, nagging bladder infection, and that was what she thought well, it was. Bridie gets mm. some uh, very interstitial cystitis. Is that what it is? Yep, I see. Yeah. For yeah. sure. I'm going to bookmark that. Yeah. Yeah. And that and would be an interesting person to talk to as well. And that's auto, that is yeah. as a result of an auto, your auto. Well, I don't know if it's as a result, but I, you know, you're talking about like the scariest thing. And for me, it's really these unknowns of I'm 30 years old and like kind of feel like my body is not really at its best. I mean, I like I'm fit and I eat well and whatever else. 
but there's only so much I can control. So I sometimes wonder. And you, that comes back to this anxiety piece of like, yeah. how crazy am I <laughs> that I'm worried well, all the time? So we, we haven't actually talked about this at all or, or asked this question, but you're, you seem to be like a very prepared person and, and that you're very cautious, I guess. Uh, how often do you, do you fuck up? Like, how often do you have reactions? Mm. Um, Almost never, never now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like it. It used to be that. Oh yeah, like once a year it would kind of happen. Um, but then I went to a restaurant and then it, like got sick and then a week later I got sick and like that was just so much on my system that I basically said like I'd rather starve than get sick. And that was probably four years ago. So I haven't had a really severe reaction since. Can it affect you? You mentioned that, um, uh, and one of the things that I just never knew was that it can. Bring on like these other, um, these other like pretty serious conditions like uh, cancer and, mm-hmm. and things like that. And you mentioned you said something about ovarian. Did you say ovarian cancer? Is that what you stomach said? cancer? Stomach cancer. You didn't yeah. say. You, did you mention ovaries once at all? No. no. <laughs> um, well, for some reason, I thought you said something about ovaries, which was going to lead me to my next question, which might be redundant. Which was going to be. Uh, does it affect your your reproductive like like chances did, of I having? I did mention that though. Oh, right, you did. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because yeah. there, yeah. there was something in my head that was yeah. like, oh, infertility like, is what I mentioned. Can you have, yeah. a, or do you know if you are if you're affected in that way? Yeah. So again, like uh, coming back to this anxiety piece, and this is kind of where I say like I feel like I've had to become this like crazy planner and like control freak just to make sure that like my life is you know going to be healthy mm-hmm. and good. Um, you know, that sort of piece is where there's more research popping up and showing that there is like a link between celiac, but celiacs that don't treat celiac and infertility. So I don't have to worry too much. Okay. But if I was one of those people that had celiac but didn't get sick and kind of constantly ate gluten, then my system, again, it's like those little villi, right? Like you're there's, not absorbing the nutrients that you need for your body. The shit kicked out of them. Exactly. Yeah. Are you, you're married? Uh, going to be. Are you, oh, so you're engaged. Congratulations. Yeah. And uh, is 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 having kids something that you're that you hope to do one day, or or is like kids kind of off the table? I love how you guys are total strangers to me, and we're having yeah. like really deep conversations. Oh, this is what we're. This is what we fucking live for. This is like we love this. You yeah. can ask us questions too. Like, yeah. It doesn't have to be like a one time. time. You can ask anything. Honestly, we it's we love just, it. It's kind of the yeah. stable of our podcast that we're kind of just like these like really yeah. open and like. It's so funny. Also, tell us to shut the fuck up. If you're like, no, no, oh, I, mind your own goddamn business. I kind of like this. I'm like more open with strangers. I think yeah. than I am because. I think we all are actually. We're more open with strangers than we mm-hmm. are with I the agree. people that we know are going to judge us. Because right? it's kind of yeah, like, absolutely. It's kind of, it's kind of like, well, where's this information going? Yeah. Nowhere. And here's the other thing. And and Taylor or out to or everyone. Out to thousands of people. <laughs> yeah. Well, and Taylor actually, and this is kind of off sub- subject, but I don't mind getting into it. But Taylor uh, wrote this amazing blog piece about um, you know how we're life's too short for small talk, right? And like we. Why? Like, why do we sit and talk about things that are so fucking pointless and redundant to people that we don't know? When, when you can really sit down and say, "Hey, what was the scariest thing you've ever experienced in your life?" Yeah, let's get to know each other that way. You know, like I, I think that there's uh, there's a lot of power there's to that. Really like one of the, that. one of the coolest things that I think is that like you may leave this room today and we may never see you again in our yeah. entire lives. Very However. Possible. 
there will be like this conversation will live will, on and we'll remember you as a human being because of that. And mm-hmm. like that this special kind of connection that we Ooh. share in this in this room for the hour and whatever that we talk, like and we will that's know something that's you. unforgettable, right? And that's the thing that is yeah. that is the thing that we we pass up when we I have, love it. When I, we have I love those it. shitty conversation when we have those shitty uh, really shallow <laughs> conversations that you walk away never knowing somebody. And here, and, and yeah. I, I know that this is really fresh for us. And 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 I don't know. We haven't had a chance to actually talk about it. Talk about it, but um, you know, I, Andrew Henderson. You know, like that's a guy that we we met once. We never saw him again, and he died today. And we found out he died today. And we know it him. It affected me so deeply, and we know him. Right? You know, like yeah. that is the power yeah, that's, of that's the power of what I mean. You know, again, not like I said earlier in, our, in one of our other conversations while we've been here, that not to pat not to pat ourselves on the back for what we're doing, but we had an hour conversation with somebody, and we were like, we fucking know you now, yeah. And we know you to the fact that what happens to you in the even minute in the most minute of detail affects us. And has a profound effect on on and how, on how we think. Yeah, there's something special about it, about that. I think, and Fuck I think that yeah. that's something that I I would like to see. Like that's something that I try to do in my life way more often uh, now I, that we've. Do been, you feel like that about the person that you sat on the plane next to when we came here? You know what I mean? Like yeah, that's the question, yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Right? You spent that much time. Yeah. You spent five hours on a plane next to somebody on the way out to Vancouver from Halifax, but do you know them the way that we know the people that if you decide to engage in conversation with them? I mean, right, if you were exactly. like, oh, I'm not fucking in the I think, mood, I think that, <laughs> that's a different story. Well, but yeah, I, I think and, that like your our lives are we're shaped by the people that we meet and the conversations that we have, and you know, I, I think it's safe to say that everybody's had moments in their lives where. It's just this one thing, and the person who says it to you doesn't even know that it's affected you, but it's just something that sticks with you and you remember mm. for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And and I live for those experiences happening in in this podcast and in, in this recording because it might not happen every time, and it might only happen once every ten episodes. But there are moments in this podcast, like having these conversations, that I will never forget for the rest of my life. And there are things that have have gone on to change me and, and I believe make me a better person. So mm. like that's so, what I love about this. So the question that begs to be answered, Allison, are you gonna have a baby or what? <laughs> <laughs> that's a loaded question. Because this is gonna stick with loaded me for the rest question. of my life. <laughs> I'll play this podcast for my children. Um, <laughs> I yeah. guess I guess like basically the question I meant to ask was like, does does celiac disease like affect that decision or that choice or or the ability it, for your case in your experience? I don't think it really affects my ability, thankfully, because I've taken care of yeah. celiac. Um, I think it's really sad for people who catch celiac late and then it isn't really an option for them. Yeah. Um, and I don't know like what the percentage of people that is, but that sucks. Um, I definitely think I do want kids. I think it's like a pretty loaded. Um, 
question only because there's so much going on in the world right now and like do you want to bring a kid into that's, it that's yeah. why I don't want to have a kid yeah, yeah. that's, that's yeah. one of several reasons why I don't want to bring one into the world yeah yeah god uh, that is a podcast on its own a fucking yeah. you yes. goddamn know it is it would god be a great damn. conversation Kyle, Kyle and I have like yeah. so many thoughts on that and but I then bring I someone in who like really desperately wants to have kids and like I have a lot of friends like that right now and tell yeah. them like I don't want to have a kid and, and oh, it's yeah. totally yeah, it's, yeah, totally. it's becoming it's becoming so much more of an issue for people to have kids. Like yeah. there, there. It seems like, and I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's the way that we treat the earth, or these like you know these peripheral uh, reasons why you know it's harder for women to get pregnant or harder for men to you know have the right sperm that do it, and whatever the reasons are, it seems to be a lot more difficult in this day and age. Mm-hmm. And I mean, okay, so not not to toot my own horn here. I'll tell this little story, and this might have you're tooting to a lot do. of horns here, Taylor. I've not to, I've never planned on having. I I, I I'm 26. Kyla's 30. She doesn't really feel like having kids. I don't really feel like having kids. I love kids. I do a lot of work with kids, actually. Um, I don't know. It just never really. It just never. I just don't know if I want if I if I want to venture into that world. But so a friend of ours. He goes, um, he said, I wasn't around. It was Kyla hanging out with him. And, and he said, you know what? I'm really sad that you guys won't have kids. And Kyla was like, you know, initially I think Kyla was like, whoa, what the fuck? Like, It's not your choice. It's not your choice, right? <laughs> yeah. And like she didn't say that. She just withheld. And he said, and let me tell you why. Because uh, he was like, A, both of you guys are good looking. And... <laughs> And yeah, and so he, you're and really too no, 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 horn. No, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just fucking being truthful. This was a podcast about celiac, right? Yeah, that's why I said we wouldn't really like it. But he said, you know, he said, he said, yo, a, both of you guys are good-looking people, and and on top of that, you guys are two of the most uh, like really thoughtful and 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 amazing human beings that I've ever met, and that y- that you would deny the world. A person that gets all of the two of your the two of your qualities would be a disservice to humanity. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> like, there's a, I think there's a real valid. Drop, I think there's drop, a real valid point to that. Yeah, drop that on me, yeah. and and it's it was something the, to consider. And know? it was the only time that I've ever heard anything from anybody that really made me question that mm. that that thought process, and. And honestly, I've, I've never, I've never questioned it ever before. But I heard that, and it's the only thing that ever made me go, "Hmm, Ooh. I wonder." And I, and I'm not swayed. And it's kind of like you with your lung transplant. It's like I've heard a really compelling argument. It hasn't Ooh. swayed me by any means. But yeah. I'm, but I've, but like it, it opened up a thought process that I hadn't, that I hadn't accessed before. Different perspective. It's yeah. a different perspective. And I'm, and I, and I am. I'm not sharing this because of the podcast. I'm just sharing this on the topic of, of having a kid because I know that I am not right now in that place, and I haven't been in that place, and I don't mm. foresee myself being in that place. But I have been exposed to a perspective that could change, could that. change me in some yeah. way. I also think, like, personal opinion. Um, when I was 26, I didn't want to have kids. I wasn't going to get married. I think, like, life 
kind of throws you different curveballs. Oh, and yeah, your priorities sure. totally change. Sure does. For yeah. sure. I like I can see the argument from both sides, but your friend who said that to you, I mean, that is like really profound. And if you think about the people that are having kids nowadays and the people yeah. who are choosing not to, like think about where our world is headed and like what's yeah. gonna I'm making a broad generalization. Right. And, and here. The, the other the other thing that the other thing that comes up in that conversation is, and I don't mean if and if this is a sensitive topic in any way, you're thirty, my girlfriend's thirty. That like that window what are you of saying? that I'm saying I'm saying that that window <laughs> that window biologically they say that there is like the best opportunity within like a very certain mm. window of your like of your like mid twenties to like early to mid thirties and 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 that's the that plays a role in it as well as Kyla going I'm thirty and. Like there's a window and we're within it right now, and I'm not. And she's going, I'm not ready, and that makes me scared because I don't want to be ready when statistically it gets less. Probable. But also, I I also and that's feel a hard, like that's a hard thing to do, especially with the age gap. I don't deny that's, where the, that's what that's what brought that up is the age gap. Yeah, sure. because it's like with with her being older than me and the biological side of things being more on her than than me. Yeah, that's a thing. I guess I don't. Freezer eggs, and there's surrogate mothers, and there's adoption, and there's I mean, there's like adoption is fucked. A host full of things that that Uh, you could still like. I don't mean fucked. I mean I mean fucked in terms of time. It's fucked in terms of time. It's like fair enough. It's like uh, average. I'm glad you clarified because yeah, because I was like, what do you mean? Like there's some people that need to be adopted, bro. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Do you know how hard it is to get a to get a kid from a country that needs adopted kids? There's reasons for that. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Of course. I know. Yeah. My godparents have adopted two children from China, and it was a huge process. But better that it's an eight-year process, process than an eight-day process. That's right. Right, but then, but then think about yeah. this, and then there's things about children. Okay, this is becoming a children's podcast. It but, is. But the so idea, back to so celiac. many ideas but for the, your next podcast. But the idea that <laughs> so yo, much room for activities. That I can give you my opinion on if, all these. If but. I want to be twenty, if I'm twenty-six, if I'm not ready to have kids, and then at thirty, I go, I am. But for some reason, I can't. She'll be thirty-four. You can still. No, no, have kids. Yeah. no. And I'm not saying that she can't at thirty-four. Not at all. Of course not. That's silly. My 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 aunt <laughs> had a kid when she was forty-seven or something. Like that's like also three. like a crazy anomaly, though. Right. Yeah. But I'm just saying. I know a woman not- uh, who is eighty, and she has a eleven-year-old son. So, but dog. it was a surrogate mother. Yeah, it was a yeah, technical. Yeah. Okay, let's. <laughs> and that's like a whole ethical. That's a whole. Yeah. Oh yeah. If you're realizing at 30 that you, if you're entering 30 or 32 or whatever, whatever age, and you're going, I want to have a kid, then you're in for, on average, an eight-year wait from that time that you not only realize that you want to have a kid, but that you then take action on wanting to have a kid. Unless unless you're Angelina. Now I'm going to ask you guys a question based on your kid segue. Sure. Um, And on ethics, because this is raising a really interesting discussion for me in my own head right now um, about that ethical piece of you bring a kid into the world and you know that they're going to have a disease. Celiac Mm. is not like Mm. the end of the world. It's a really manageable disease. There is a lot of discussion of like if you know that your kid is not going to have have Down syndrome or you know your kid's going to have, yeah, yeah, cystic fibrosis. What do you guys think? Do you think like knowing what you've learned about about celiac right now. Do you I think will, that there's? I would I'm love to probably have too. a kid with celiac. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, so are you talking about like be knowing before you're about to give birth? If, and and are we really, going to get into like the the 
abortion conversation here? Are you talking no. to spe- okay? Are you talking about Good. I have cystic fibrosis, yes. and if I'm going to have a baby, there's a fifty percent chance that right. that baby's coming out with CF. You know what? I I've never felt yeah. like I I'm also in the camp of like I don't really want to have a kid, and I don't know. I'm 27, so maybe someday I will. I don't know. But if I did, and I found out that they were going to be born with an illness, I don't think I've ever been in a more um, positive frame of mind to be able to handle that because mm-hmm. of the amazing people that we've spoken to. The the underlying woven theme um, within every episode that we've recorded has been the fact that, of course, there is struggle, but each and every person that we have talked to has taken something positive away from their experience, and everybody that we have had the pleasure of meeting. They're 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 all amazing human beings, and if I was a parent, I would be so proud to call them my kids. Mm. Uh, so without a doubt, like of course it would it would be something difficult to overcome as as a parent, knowing that your child has an illness or is born with an illness. But I don't think that I could be in a better frame of mind after doing this podcast than any other time in my life or or I could ever imagine <coughs> being in. So without a doubt I would I would be more than happy to have a kid with with whatever they're dealing with because mm-hmm. there are there are illnesses for sure but then there's also a plethora of uh, of other things of shit that you can have as a kid and deal well, with that's and not al- limited and also to illness. one of the things that we've we've gleaned through this podcast is that Almost everyone we've ever talked to says that they would never reverse yeah. what they've had. Totally. I mean, it's like because it it gives you a perspective, or it gives you some type of, uh, I mean, bo- like almost mystical knowledge on like a certain aspect of life that, in a, in a different perspective on how to live and how to live each day to your as if, as if it's your last, and to to be uh, fully engaged. And it's you know, it's this. We have this, you know, we have these conversations about illness, and it seems like every time that when we come to the end of it, we we always leave fulfilled, more happy happy than we were when we started, and I think that's because uh, these things, you know, in a lot of ways, happen to be blessings in disguise that mm. we don't realize at first, and mm-hmm. and as we go through life, we realize that we've act, it's actually given us a lot. For me, I, the way I look at it is that you know we are as a as a as a race, we are so far beyond the point of where we need to have a kid to continue the human race. I mean, it's just gonna, it's just gonna continue. Right. We are this like virus that we're spreading, we're growing. It's just happening, right? So, if you are choosing to bring a child into the world, um, the I mean, for me, like the reason I would bring a child into the world is to bring a human into the world that's going to make a difference, right? To to make a difference for what is already existing, and when I look at, uh, you know, specifically talking about cystic fibrosis, the people that I have met, and including myself, I know have made a, a massive difference in a lot of people's lives based on the shitty experience in which they or I have gone through. But I think that, and I'm talking about my own personal experience, for me it was totally worth it. And it has been totally worth it. And it will be totally worth it right through beyond the end. So I feel like uh, if I was going to have a kid, which I'm not, I'm not going to, but if I decided to do it, there's not a second that I would hesitate to 
to go ahead with that. And if I did have a child who who ended up having cystic fibrosis, I'd be like, fuck yeah, well, we're gonna <laughs> I, I'm gonna try to stick around as long as I can for him or her. And and hopefully Bridie will also be there to to you know take on the rest of that time to make sure that, that kid grows up to like kick ass as much as his dad did or kick ass as much as you know his peers or did you know that that also lived with CF. So anyway, I think I, that I kind of I have this kind of um, idea that that kind of came into my mind a few months ago. That was from like the greatest obstacles that you face in life be, uh, come the the greatest opportunities for growth, and I think that that would be especially true for someone who deals with a challenging illness and again, back to the experiences and the conversations that we've had it's it's a hundred percent across the board that everybody has grown or learned something. So profound from dealing with their their experience that I think that if if I had a kid with that, then for sure it'd be mm. totally cool. Yeah. Something that came up for me while I was peeing, and you guys were talking about this, <laughs> was uh, from what you were saying, Jared, that you wouldn't you wouldn't hesitate, um, and and then connecting that to what I what I said about. Uh, about how it gives you this gift that you know of perspective, and it kind of like, it kind of I just had this I just had this really like infiltrating thought about how we attach quality of life to length, yeah, and how it really has nothing to do with your quality of life. Like length has nothing to do with your quality of life. There are plenty of people who have boring, shitty. Typical lives, typical is a bad word to use. Boring lives because they just did everything that anyone else ever wanted them to do and never did anything for themselves or never went out on a limb or whatever the case may be. And they live to be 90 years old or 100 years old. And then there's plenty of people that have lived to be 25 or, or younger or 30 or 40 or 50 and have lived the most amazing lives that you could ever imagine. And I just, I don't know. I just had this 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 really really intense feeling about this thought of of how we attach quality to length when we're mm-hmm. speaking about life, and I and I just I just think that that is a social structure that needs to be ripped apart. Yeah, I'd be really curious from your guys' perspective because you're talking to mostly people that are dealing with illness, you know, and have to have. They've had to become resilient people. They've had to look at the world from a different perspective. And oftentimes it's that perspective of I'm going to live my life to the fullest and, and everything that you know you hope you're striving to do when you're this like young, healthy person, but you often don't. Like What I'm seeing is almost this like illness around people who go to work every day, go home, sit in front of the TV for four hours, watch their television, go to bed, and then it's like rinse and repeat. And like I'm seeing that almost as an epidemic. Like I'm not afraid of having celiac. I'm not even afraid of like getting cancer if that's going to end up happening. Like when you're talking to me about what's my biggest fear with celiac, like yeah, of course, like the anxiety. I don't want to get more diseases, and it seems to be the case. But my fear is like totally that piece around living your life and like trying to live like this most amazing life you possibly can. And it's really. I think that's kind of the hard part for really healthy people because they don't actually have to stop and think for a second about that. And I get caught up in that. I get caught up in that go to work, 
come home and go, I'm fucking tired. I just want to watch Netflix or play video games or whatever. I get caught up in that all the fucking time. But I, but I also, I also have a have a really big adrenaline bone that I need to feed. <laughs> that sounded oh, weird. Yeah. That sounded oh, weird. Geez. Uh, uh, my adrenaline bone. I, I, have, I, have, I, have an adrenaline, I have an adrenaline need that I have to feed, or I have an adventure. I have an adventure side of me that I that I need, and a travel side of me that I need. Like there's all these things, and I and I have often thought, and and I do have this thought when I get on a plane, even though I know, and I and you know Brian and I, we 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 used to skateboard a lot together, and you know that when we're about to go down a hill with a red light at the end, that I that I am going. It's two in the morning. What are the goddamn odds of a car coming through that intersection? Yeah, pretty I, fucking low. I didn't so really I'm like gonna, that. So aspect I'm going to go it. through because you know what? The odds are so goddamn slim of me being hit by a car. Then why the fuck would I hesitate? So I'll go down. So that's a, that's it's still I, possible. So that's what it's still possible. Yeah, right. It's so low. So when I get on a plane, I know that the odds of the plane going down are absolutely almost infinitesimal. But I still have a thought sometimes going. If this plane crashed, would I be happy with my life? And I always say yes. Oh man, I think that every time I get on a plane, I always <laughs> yeah. say yes. Isn't that yeah. so funny? It's, it's, I was gonna it, say, talk to like you really should talk to people who have major anxiety <laughs> and like just look at the different perspective on that. Oh, oh my god, man, I know. Oh my sure. god, I know. His twin brother Dennis. His twin brother Dennis, his identical twin brother, also one of my best friends. Obviously, we grew up together. The twin brothers. Um, we he he's just developing a fear of flying. He's flown. I mean, these guys have been all really. The world. He's this is just a coming fear on. Of flying. Yeah. And he's really like, he's flown, how many times do you think Dennis has flown? Close to a thousand, probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's developing Jesus a fear Christ. of flying now. And it's like, why? And, I, and I've, I've asked Dennis, like, why? why? And he can't even really explain it, it doesn't seem. But mm. like, the, the odds, and you know, from skateboarding, I think I'm it's a very because he's a person. I think it's because he's flown so much that he's like, the well, odds are getting, the odds are getting better <laughs> that it will go down. Yeah. Yeah. But Actually, Dennis, I think about it's not. food all the time like that. Like, honest to God, it's been four years or whatever I said since I've been sick. And now right. I'm like, well, the odds of me getting sick are getting like more, like they're increasing yeah. every day like now. Like you're more likely because it's been so long. Exactly. Right. Right. So, which, which increases that anxiety, increases that fear. Totally. Right? It's yeah. So honestly, it's like, it's like when a plane goes down, and I mean, this might sound awful, but if a fucking plane goes down and I hear that a plane crashed in the, in the news, I'm like... <laughs> Odds just got way better that I'll never be in a plane crash. Oh, oh my shit. god! <laughs> Holy, you're fuck, the worst. Dude. I don't think that, but that's interesting. Oh man, yeah, because <laughs> no, it did, and that's no, what it did, and that's what I think during like when I see shootings, I'm like, well, I've got another month until oh another god. shooting that I have to avoid. No, seriously, because I live my no, I'm fucking serious because we I live, I live yeah. my yeah. Let, <laughs> let's 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 bring okay. it back. Let's bring yeah. it back to to celiac. Um, <laughs> I I because we are. Far overtime, obviously. Okay. Um, but we were we before we got on that rant, we were just about to wrap it up. And before we do wrap it up, I there there's two things. The first thing is, is there anything that we didn't touch on that you were really hoping we were gonna like tap into? Mm, I don't think so. I like wrote notes. It's like what can I tell them like facts about Syriac? Yeah. Um let me go through, like in in my head. Sure, as yeah. long- and people can find the facts. You know what I exactly. mean? Like, like if you have notes that you want to like get out, you can look at them. 
Like no, we're not. No, I literally had like two notes on my phone. Oh, okay. It was like <laughs> that I celi- looked up before celiac I sucks. Uh, the second note, uh, gluten yeah. bad Honestly, for celiac. I think as long as like, and I'm pretty sure we talked about this, but as long as there's an understanding of like the autoimmune disease and what yeah. it actually does, and to there's your a body, massive difference between yeah. And that it's not like I hate all the gluten intolerant people. It's just that there's a really big frustration in the celiac Mm. community right now. And you're seeing it in the in the media from time to time of people being like, celiac, gluten intolerance different. So I'm glad that Mm -hmm. we did touch on that quite a bit. Yeah. Me too. Me too. And that was like a really good eye-opening experience for I think all three of us. Um, the other thing I want to know, and this is a two-parter, what is what do you think celiac disease? Uh, has taken away from you? Actually, that is one of the things that we didn't talk about, and I'm glad that you asked that question. Um, for me, it really comes down to just the the piece around convenience and also the piece around like being able to be a bit more adventurous. Um, mm. Convenience of, well, some days or when I'm traveling, I'm just not eating food. Like You guys can go out and have a pizza right now, but I have to Google what restaurant to go to, and then I have to trust the restaurant, I have to call them, and it's a whole process. Um, so that's really frustrating, but also that um, that piece around being able to be spontaneous. And I've always been like this person who thought I would travel the world and live in all these different places. And that my reality really got twisted, kind of upside down um, after being diagnosed because I had no idea how to manage and live with the disease. I know now, like mm-hmm. it's been a long time, mm. but just that piece around being able to be spontaneous, like I actually have to plan all the time. Mm-hmm. At least have like a bar in my purse kind yeah, of thing, you yeah. know, because mm-hmm. um, food is sustenance. So mm-hmm. it's really those pieces around like it's an inconvenient disease to have, but it's not the end of the world. Like it's very God. manageable. Hey, I I just keep thinking about fucking Slaney, and my heart just like breaks for <laughs> that poor fucking guy. Just because he's got these like two just keeps diseases getting that are really like, inconvenient they're diseases. Like, they're manageable yeah. but inconvenient. Just so but like, yeah. but like. But the, like totally like a like a thorn in your side. Yeah. yeah. When you like when you want to have convenience, like there's just like but he there's looks almost good, no though. convenience. Yeah. He's to it. super fit right now. Well, he just he looks great. Mm-hmm. And one thing for your friend too, and and this happens with a lot of celiacs, and it happened to me. Is Listen like, up, Matt. On a gluten free diet, you may not end up getting better. So what happened with me and why I said this whole Nembutrapez allergy elimination technique is because after being on a gluten-free diet, I didn't get better. I had all this like scar tissue or whatever you want to call it because basically doctors are like, I don't know what to do with you. We've already done a gluten-free diet. That's the cure. If that doesn't work, I don't know what to tell you. So then you kind of start downward spiraling of being like, well, I'm going to eliminate dairy. I'm going to eliminate sugar. I'm going to go see a naturopath. I'm going to try all these different things. Mm. And there's a bit of research coming out it's not even been peer reviewed, I don't think yet, but it's looking at other grains that, and other food items that are causing the similar inflammatory response in celiacs. Mm. Um, so it could be more than just gluten. Right. And that's like uh, a really big eye opener, mm, I think, for people who yeah, have celiac. A freaky. Yeah. yeah. So it's, I'm, I'm like really following the research. And I actually will send you guys a link because there's a really good. Um, she's a scientist who looks at some of these like different studies that come out and dispels some of the myths that naturopaths, no offense to naturopaths, but that they sort of put out. Oftentimes it's not peer-reviewed, it's not yeah. a scientific paper, it's just mm-hmm. what someone tried. The nature of, yeah. Right. Uh, the, second, the, the second part of that two-part question was yes. what has uh, celiac disease given you? <laughs> um, 
I always have something to talk. Exactly. Like, nothing. Um, (laughs) Well, I definitely always have a topic of conversation at dinner parties, but that's, I mean, that's kind of annoying now. Uh, I think it's, it's like a weird disease. It's not like one of those diseases where I could potentially die from and it's given me this whole new perspective on life because it really hasn't. If anything, it, I think it, was really frustrating and made me have to deal with like depression and mm. anxiety and all these other additional things that I didn't really feel like dealing with when mm-hmm. I was in like high school and early university. Um, but it's made me like a way more resilient person. Um, I know that I can pretty much survive in like any situation. Mm-hmm. But it, it's kind of one of those things where I'm sure when I'm 80, I'll look back and go, that's celiac. That did something for yeah, me. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it's, it's a hard one we'll to check ask. in with yeah. you then. Yeah. Which is so interesting to think of, right? Like we look at, we, sometimes we talk about really severe, really shady diseases. And then, you know, like I'm not going to lie, like when the first person applied for celiac disease, like the first thing that went through my mind was like, well, I mean, like celiac really disease, disease versus like bipolar. Like, come on, let's do bipolar. But now, you know, sitting here and talking to you, it's like, well, fuck, dude. See, like celiac, that's it. Fucking sucks. Like it sucks big time. Like that is a that's a shitty thing to have to go through. It's all relative, though. I mean, yeah. I don't really yeah. see it that way. Like I, I see this as something that's so manageable because I can manage it with diet. Whereas I've had friends like die of cancer yeah. and see them on yeah. like, so many pills and they're totally, totally. Know, but what I'm saying is that it is a it, you cannot deny that it is a massive pain in your ass. Which I that is something that I would never have. I, I wouldn't have realized how much of a pain in the ass it actually yeah. is. And it like know? literally is a pain in the ass for some people. Yeah, like when I yeah <laughs> actually yeah like, <laughs> when, like pains for, for real. Like when I when I heard Matt got celiac yeah. disease, part yeah. of me was like. <laughs> Yeah, that funny. Yeah, yeah, that funny thing. And now I'm going. And now my heart. It's more Matt than it is Matt. Yeah, going. Oh, that poor fuck. Yeah, but but like my heart hurts now. You know, like I I don't I don't I feel like next time I see Matt, I'm gonna be like, dude, that that really does fucking suck. You know, it's not gonna be like a. You know, I'll probably have a chuckle still with him, but like it, it will be there. I'll be able to like look at that and go, dude, that. Fucking sex. Like, th- that really sucks. Yeah, and I don't think it's actually the disease that that sucks, like, solely the disease. It's actually, like, the disease and all the other things attached to it. Like, the unknowns it. of what can happen to people that don't actually manage their disease. Mm-hmm. Or that are, think they're managing their disease, but then realize really they've not. been, like, cross-contaminating yeah. for a long time and then have all these other issues. Mm. So I think it's the fact that it's autoimmune, which is, like, your body fighting against itself and just, like, that mm-hmm. kind of fear, mm-hmm. really. Well, Allison, uh, thank you for that conversation because this was uh, I've had, this was really fun. And I, it was a big learning experience for, I think, the three of us. Um, and you're so you just fucking nailed it. Like it was so cool to sit down and, and chat with you. It was really, really great. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, and thank you all for listening. Um, hope you enjoyed that. And as always, we have episodes coming out every Monday. So next Monday, if you're listening to this on a Monday, you can listen to a new episode. Um, and if you're just tuning in for the first time, uh, we are a podcast. <laughs> What? And we're on iTunes. And we're oh on yeah, I know. Are and, we? And we're on SoundCloud and we are on Google Play. And uh, it would mean the world to us 
Uh, it actually seriously means a lot to us. If you go over to iTunes, subscribe to the podcast if you can. Uh, but even more important than that, leave a rating and a review. Yeah, because if you've been listening to this for like, Jesus, more than like three <coughs> weeks and you haven't done that, <clears throat> we just don't just, like you just, very uh, much. No, I mean, no, no. We love all of you. But if you leave a rating and a review, it, it, it uh, helps us stay on yeah, the, speak for yourself, <clears throat> the iTunes charts. And, uh, and it, it, does, it actually does a lot for us. It keeps us on the charts, and, which means more people can see what we're doing. Um, and then the other thing is that we're on so uh, 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 social media, uh, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. There's always like funny, weird, silly shit that we put up on there. And then, uh, and then another uh, big thing, very, very big for us is our Patreon campaign. Uh, the only way that we can like financially support this project is through that. And um, and we rely on you, the listener, uh, the people who see what we do and take value in that. And uh, and so we ask you to just go over to www.patreon.com slash sickboy and just check it out. And if it, if it, if y- you know, you feel inclined to contribute, then high five. And, the and, coolest. If you, and if you don't, then Taylor doesn't like you, I guess. Exactly. So uh, again, thank you so much. That is it for today. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. And I am Jeremy. And this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.